0: I'm what you like but can't I'm an I hope you live from the shit you ain't like, talk about. Like love me or love me not. up, people. What is up with y'all? What is up, world? What is up? Peace and blessings to all y'all. This is the first official episode of So So Let's Vent, people. Do you not understand how monumental this is? This is very, very monumental for the simple fact that it's none other podcast like this now I know I'm saying that you like what well, so-so it's a million no it's nothing like me it's nothing like this because guess what we're gonna talk about shit you scared to talk about we're gonna get into some feelings we gonna laugh we're gonna cry we're gonna joke but guess what at the end of the day we're gonna get this shit off our chest that's why it's called so-so vent. because guess what we're not the only ones that go through shit believe it or not we're not uh we have teenagers they go through shit. We have little kids, they go through shit, whether you think it's not important or not. Guess what? If that motherfucking block don't fit in that block or whatever toy they fucking with, guess what? They go through shit too. So this is a podcast for all ages, all sexes. I don't give a fuck if you classify as a fish. Do you do whatever you want? Lord, we all, everyone is welcome here. Yes, and I once again, if you don't know, so-so is a no-sugar-coating-ass person. So guess what? I'm not going to tell you what you want to hear. I'm going to tell you what you need to hear, okay? And then that being said, y'all, we're going to get into some shit, right? One thing we're going to get into, it, people, I want to thank all y'all, right? Because as the more y'all tune in, the more y'all show interest in this, guess what? The bigger we become, guess what? The bigger y'all become. And all this going to be thanks to y'all. Because guess what, I couldn't do this and will not be able to do this without y'all. So I want to thank y'all in advance. Because people, when we grow, we're going to grow. When we blow, we're going to blow together, baby. So with that being said, let's get into it, people. Uh, Topic of the day is something I feel we don't talk enough about. It's a topic that, uh, how I say this? We've been put in such a persona of we have to be tough all the time, right? But behind the scenes, we hurt. And there's a stigma with that. Like, we got to carry the weight of the world on our shoulders. And with that being said, I am talking about men hurt too. Men hurt too. So, I'm saying that to say because there's a lot of events that happen in my life. And this is my event session, by the way. This is my session. and what I mean by met her too, you probably like yeah. We, I mean, you, we know this. No, you don't know, cause it's more to the story. You'll look at me and you'll be like, this big motherfucker with uh, the beard and the way he looked. Oh, he's supposed to be this tough gorilla motherfucker. No, I'm not. I'm fucking human. I hurt. I cry. I'm sad. I'm happy. You know, I, I'm just like, fuck, I can't do it all the time. So with that being said, this is a conversation we need to have. If we can have these conversations, right, think about it. If we can have these conversations among friends or best friends or whoever and tell them, bro, I've, I've been going through this today or this, that, and the third or, you know, I, I, I'm, I, I can't do this by myself. Why we can't have this conversation like this? This is, this is no judgment zone. Like I tell y'all all the time. Just like we sit in that that, that, that kitchen with grandma and she says, baby, this is a no-judgment zone. This is a no-judgment zone. Get the shit off your chest. Like you will hear me say a thousand times, I hope hope you heal from the shit you don't talk about. I hope you do. Because keeping that shit on your chest is not helping you heal. It's destroying you slowly but surely. That's what all it's doing. It's destroying you. Because you have yet You keep telling people, oh, I'm fine. I'm okay. You're not fucking okay. Get it off your chest. And as a man, as a man, and as a a man that has a wife and kids, one thing I'm trying to do is change the stigma of, oh, I got to be the tough guy for my daughters, or they got to see daddy never cry. That's bullshit. Daddy cried. I cried with you. It's shit that hurts daddy feelings too. That don't make me less of a man. That don't make me not more than a man of, like the next person I'm still that dude I'm not somebody you just want to go around and fuck with Trust me, I'm not But at the same time I'm trying not to pass down trauma I'm trying to change the narrative That we always have to feel Like the fucking Whatever the statue is From what the fuck that is France or Germany or whatever the fuck uh, uh That we gotta have this fucking world on the back No Guess what I learned When I did that it's not possible to do it by yourself. It is possible. That's why the Lord himself or wherever you believe in, whatever you believe in, people, whatever. I don't care. Whatever higher power. You, are, you, you have a man, you have a wife. Male, girl, whatever the fuck you want to be or whoever you're sharing it with. Share the load. Share it. That don't make you less than. We are not in the fucking 50s no more where the man got to go out there and do everything. And the woman just sit at home and we got to tough it out and be like, she asks us, honey, how was your day? And the first thing you fucking say is, oh, I'm okay, this and that. But guess what? Motherfucker, go to the bar. You can drink and you can talk about it with your buddies. Why you can't do that with your wife? Why you can't talk about it? Why? You feel like somebody, you worrying about what the outside world got to think of you? No. Who gives a fuck? See, and that's why I am so, so people, and that's why I love me. Because one thing a person can't never do is beat me up or tell me I ain't good enough. Why? Because I know me. My confidence is through the roof. And that's why I always have two fingers. And guess what? One of them fingers stay down. Well, one stay up and you know what it means? Fuck you. I don't give a fuck. I love me. That's all what matters. You can't break me down. And that's what this podcast for people. I am here to uplift you and tell you, guess what? Middle finger, stick it up there motherfucking wherever the sun don't shine. Tell them you don't give a fuck. You love you. It's nobody that who knows you better than you? Once you know you better than you, if no one knows you better than you. Right? So with that being said, you, a person can't always sit here and break you down. Just like when we play sports, a coach's job is to break you down. To lift you right back up, right? Till that, no matter how bad the battle be or how hard the game is, you always remain calm in that situation to where you don't fold. You show up when you're supposed to show up all the time. If he don't do you that, guess what you do in the crunch time moments? You will fucking fold. Guess what we do when life get tough in the crunch time moments? We fucking fold. Why? Because we're not we're not at a place to where we are we are beat down, and some of us just stay down. But we don't have or we don't have the resources around us to build ourselves back up. So that's why this shit was created. Cause guess what? We gonna beat. I'ma get it out you. I'm going to beat your ass down. But at the same time, I'm going to lift you up and tell you how strong you are. I'm going to tell you how beautiful you are. I'm going to tell you how, that don't make you less of a man because you're crying. That don't make you less of a man because you're exposing your feelings. You're changing generational trauma, people. You're changing it. What is wrong with if your, if your daughter said, well, daddy, how was your day today? Because my kids do do that, by the way. Uh, Daddy, how was your day? oh, it's okay, I'm, you know, it's typical daddy shit. No, hey, boo-boo, my day was fucking terrible. You ain't got to use that language, I'm just saying, but, you know, my day was terrible. You know, I had this happen, this happen, this happen. Get the shit off your chest because it's always that one person we can talk to that uh, that understands us better than the next person, so to say, if y'all, if y'all not catching my drift. And I, what I mean is, you might have a best friend, right? And that best friend, you'll go to them to talk about like, bro, this happened today, or whatever the case, whatever the fuck it may hit us in life. Because life is, you know, like I always say, and I, I preach this all the time, life is a boxing match. We are going to get our ass knocked out a lot. Sometimes we're going to be winning round for round. We're just going to be outright winning. But when that time comes where we get knocked down, Not all of us get back up. And the first thing we do is what? We fold. Or we get in this place of mentally where, guess what? We just want to find an easy way out. No, I'm here to tell you we're not fucking doing that anymore. We're not sitting here. We're not taking the easy right out. We are going to kick this shit in the motherfucking ass, kick the shit in the nuts, punching it, I mean, gouge the fucking eyes out if we have to, and let this shit know you will not defeat us. We are not going out like some motherfucking marks, okay? We ain't going out like that. We're going to sit down. We're going to be strong. We're going to be soldiers in that field when it comes to life. Life will not whip your ass. I will not let it. Because guess what? Just like this is therapeutic for me, <sighs> very therapeutic, I am here for you. I'm here for you. Uh, so... Continue on, like I said, you know, life is like uh, a boxing match. Like some of us don't have the strength to go round with round with life. We just simply just like fuck, do whatever you want, you know. But no, I'm here to tell you that's not how we, It's that's that's not how it's going to go. Uh, so men, I just want us to always just be like, bro, we feeling some type of way. How, don't we ain't gotta even though we the barbershop shop is like the quickest and you know our barber making sure that fade right making sure whatever you get you know what I'm saying making sure the fade right whatever and we talking to him about man I I I at work this and that and the uh, the wife this or whatever the case may be listen how about sometime we vent when we vent just let it out ain't always gotta be a, it, it it could be your barber shop but make sure we talking to somebody. Because keeping it in all the time is just not good, man. It's it's just really not. It's just like punching a hole in the fucking wall and you put tape over it or you keep trying to paint over a hole in the wall. It just won't work. It just won't work. Talk about it. Let people know. Because the more you hold this shit in, we have, we're have going to continue to have cases where people are committing suicide. People you think is happy or is not happy, they're thinking about just Coming off this 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 you know this world that we live in now, and I want to know it like is the world we live in now is it is it like is it worth it sometimes you gotta ask yourself is it worth it, and the thing I want to tell you, yes, it is because guess what when you feel like you're by yourself or you feel like it's people that don't love you, you don't know who you inspire, you don't. I was inspired to create create this damn podcast by a lot of people, trust me. Including myself. In the last in the last five years. In the last five years. I went through a whole lot. And which some people gonna watch this and gonna be like, damn, I didn't know that. I had suicide thoughts. I went through that type that type of thinking, right? I was in a very dark place. Very dark place uh lost my son you know he would have been what two years old right now you know my son adriel i lost him you know the crazy thing about that story let's jump on that because like i said this is so so less vent so people i'm gonna vent keep the keep the keep, keep the box of you know tissues next close by you might cry, you might not, but you're gonna understand. Guess what? I'm not, I'm a man at the end of the day, and I love now talking about what happened to me because it helps me. I am gonna vent and don't make me less of a man because I'm venting and tell you how I feel. Yes, I might get teary eyed. Who cares? Who gives a fuck? That's the point. Who cares? Because at the end of the day, I know me, and at the end of the day, I know what I'm doing with talking about this will help someone else, and guess what? It helps me from creating that trauma and passing it down to my kids and my grandkids, and my great grandkids. But anyway, let's get into it. Uh, my wife found out, you know, she was pregnant. We did uh, a holla. We did like some crazy shit, like with the the pumpkin where I carved it out for y'all who don't know. Yes, I love art. I do art. Uh, you know, in my spare time. That's my my. I say my second two point five three love. If that even makes sense That shit don't make no sense So But we're gonna say Two and a half Because I'm back and forth People You know I love my cars I love my shoes I love You know I, it's, We all have our hobbies What we love But art is one of those Hitting levels You know Hitting levels That's my side chick I say you Sort of say Well art But anyway uh, You know we, It's just like Any pregnancy You know You go in there With high expectations knowing that, okay, you you happy and joyful, but at the same time, at any given time, anything can happen, so, you know, everything was, you know, was going good, you know, everything's going great, we announced it, I carved it in a fucking pumpkin, which was dope as shit, I'll let y'all see that, uh, but, you know, I carved it in a pumpkin, letting friends and family know, like, hey, we're pregnant, now, my son, Adriel, he was going to be Our last one, because, you know, I come from a huge-ass family. My wife comes from, I guess, somewhat of a big family. You know, I ain't going to, not as big as my family. But, doesn't matter. She, you know, we both agreed on, you know, about three, four kids. You know, you know, four is the cap. You know, with the motherfucker global economy and shit, you, know, you don't need like five, six. I mean, to each his own. I salute y'all. I can't fucking do it. Uh, but anyway. So, you know, as things going on with the doctor visits and shit like that. We are sitting here and we are like, Well, damn, you know, she she's my wife always had this thing where she was bleeding during uh during pregnancy. So, you know, it was is the bleeding it, it wasn't crazy crazy but it was crazy right because the one she had to be on very strict 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 bed rest which she hates we all hate because i mean we just moved to you know texas and there's a lot of shit that she want to experience she couldn't really experience so her focus was doing what any parent to do okay i'm gonna bite i'm gonna just do whatever i gotta do to make sure we have a healthy child so you know as time going on you as doctor visits it's just shit starting to happen, and uh, I'm I'm a, I'm I'm at work. You know, I'm a truck driver. When I'm not doing this shit, I drive trucks. So I'm at work a lot, and I get it more into the the whole work thing on how I feel about that. Uh, and you know, she still, even though she's on bed, right, she still like have to do shit around the house. Like, not all of us have a fucking nanny. Of course, I mean us regular people i mean i wouldn't even say regular people if those who you know are not financially there we don't i mean we don't have nannies or shit helping us out or you know it's just me and my wife you know uncle not too far but you no know, uncle have his own fucking life he ain't got time for it, like you know but anyway you know she still had to do like daily shit like with, the, with my daughter the youngest one which is 5 now like mommy i need this or i need to do this or so she gotta still do what she gotta do. Uh, when I come home, I you know I do my best to try to re- relieve her of her duties, uh, and to make sure she don't have to get up. Uh, not of course not live, but uh, this one per- particular time where we started seeing like stuff kind of go left, is when I was at work. I was at work. I was doing the cement trucking shit, doing like cement trucks, and she called me. Or something. And it was something she had. I, forget, I can't think of it. was some shit she had to do. Or whatever. So I'm like, Nah, just go ahead and do it. Whatever. Something I asked her to do. And the call or whatever later was. Her water broke. I'm like, wait, what the fuck? What do you mean you water broke? Water are not supposed to break going not even close to six months yet. And your water broke. That's not supposed to happen. Uh, I don't necessarily recall if we was in still the first trimester or second trimester. Oh, we was in two. We was in the second trimester. Okay. We was in the second trimester. Uh, So a water broke, which was not supposed to happen, right? So I'm trying to get home. I'm racing home. By the way, my job knows that because I used to bring home medical work, I mean, to the job and letting them know, like, hey, I'm going through shit at home, like with the wife, You know, but in the midst of all this, this is this this is crazy, right? God and the body and kids and how they're made. But then going through all this trauma, like all this that's going on with her on the outside, my son still was healthy as shit on the inside. That's the crazy part. He still was healthy, like strong heartbeat, growing fast as shit, little fat ass, like really developing like he, it didn't stop his development so we went we went to the hospital and uh there was like you know we gotta watch it your water broke and they were saying just like oh it's not good for the baby to develop with no no water so we basically was in the motherfucker just like I mean she was gorging down water I mean gallons of fucking water to, like, make sure, like, she had enough fluids in the placenta. Plus, it'll never be, like, enough. I mean, but she was gorging down water, 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 like, every fucking second. So, to fast forward, you know, we're doing the same thing, like I said, with the, uh, you know, doctor visits and shit like that. So then we get to the point to where we're almost at six months. So... She had a stomachache. She had like a stomachache. And we was just like, oh, no, no, we ain't gonna trip. And my wife, the time, she have a high pain tolerance. So it's just like, she's like, nah, I'm just not gonna trip on it. I'm not gonna, you know, I'm like, alright, but if it goes for a couple more, we gotta go to the fucking doctor because something ain't right. So as she's sitting in bed, it's keep going. So we like, fuck. I don't think this good. Let's go to the doctor. We get to the doctor. First thing they say is, "Oh shit, there's a chance you're going into labor." That is not the fucking news we want to hear at six months. It's not. You like, you would. I don't even. For for those who've lost kids. I mean, this is our that he was like. I don't. Fuck, how's it is? It was like beyond a gut punch because all you've been told is from the doctors is we need to prolong this for another week or two. We need to prolong this so we can do the steroids so she can, you know, the baby can develop like it's supposed to with the steroids and it'll help her out. So we just like fuck, we have to make it to that Monday. Now this is still all on the weekend, like. All we had to do is make it to fucking Monday. That's it. So, I think it's a Saturday. And, uh, we goes in, we check in, and all we've been told is we're going to try to stop it. You know, at the end of the day, I'm going to tell you all something. You can't stop shit. Only the Lord can stop it. If a doctor tell you we're going to do our best to stop the pregnancy, with all that pumping you with medication, that shit don't work. Only person who got final say so is the Lord Himself, right? So, we goes in there. They put the bed, you know, do all that shit and all that what they usually do. And we get to the to the room, and she kind of having like contractions, like fuck. So I'm like, I think I left. I left. To go get some food or something. Some I went to the house to get some snacks or something for because we the hospital is only down the street from the house. So we was, we we're not too far from the house. What, like fucking five minutes or some shit like that? So we go, I goes home. Right? So when I left, it wasn't that bad. I come back, she's like, where are you? I'm like, whatever. Bro, the contraction got worse, she's having a baby. I'm like. Now this is supposed to be a moment to where I feel happy and and just over the world, right? No, I wasn't. Because I knew it wasn't good for my son to come yet. It wasn't. You know, dealing with all the complications we've been dealing with, it wasn't good for him to come yet. So I'm like, fuck, all right, let's hurry up. I got to hurry up and get it to the third floor, the, you know, the, the, the maternity ward. So get up there, and I'm just like, she up there. I'm like, fuck, it's really happening. So it's just like, whatever we got to do, the nurse says, at this point, we can't stop it. like getting hit again it's like fucking getting in the ring literally with tyson knowing you can't beat him no matter how much you try and he just punching the fuck out you in the face over and over and over and over over again he is punching the shit out you over and over again so it's just like the one the doctor was like she she's telling me oh the baby's coming that's the, that's the second punch. But the first one was knowing that, okay, it's a chance. When we first got there, I'm saying, oh, she can't possibly be going in labor. Her contractions is such and such apart, far apart. Like, so to get hit with the second punch is like, fuck, right? But still, at that time, it's not really hitting me yet that, you know, it's a chance like he can make it or he can't. So, uh, we're we, we doing, the doctor's doing everything they can to stop it. Um, the contractions. Uh, the fucking, she's on, what, medication to try to stop it. Nothing was working. Like I said, my wife has a high pain tolerance. So, shit was not working at all. So, Only thing I know, and everything happened so quick. She went from saying she was trying not to push to where she was like, I think she was like, I got a shit. She went from saying she got a shit to pop, there goes my son. So, and this is the part where I say grab your tissues. Like I said, we didn't want her to have him yet. We were trying to prolong it as much as possible so she could at least go on the steroids to help him develop like he was supposed to, right? So, son came in this world. A happy but yet sad moment. Real sad moment, right? Because only thing we're told is this, which no parent wants to hear, enjoy your time you have with him because he's not going to be here that long. Who the fuck wants to hear that? As a parent, who wants to hear that something so precious you only get such little time with to enjoy his presence, for his presence to grace you, to be like, thank you, Father, you gave me such a gift. Who the fuck wants to be told you do not have time with something you're looking forward to more than anything in this world to? Who wants to be told that when you get home, to a, at the time, now 5-year-old and now 13-year-old that, hey, mommy went into the hospital pregnant. But now, hey, your little brother that mommy was carrying, he is now your guardian angel. How the fuck you explain that to them? You can't. Because even as an adult, just like we're there to comfort our kids when they uh, hurt themselves or if they fall off a bike. Who the fuck is there to come for us all the time as an adult? Who's there to come for you when you got a boo-boo? Who's there to come for you when you cut yourself? Like when life throws shit at you. Who's there to come for you all the time? Right? We're there for our kids, but at the end of the day, who's there for us? Not too many people are there for us. Not too many people we can count on to be like, hey, can you help me? I have a fucking boo-boo from life from whooping my ass, right? So with that being said, the the nurse said, enjoy your time with your son. First thing I do, it hit me like a ton of bricks. I did not hold my son. That's the biggest regret I have in life right now, still to this day that eats me up. I did not hold my son that one time. The first person to touch him was the doctor. The only person to touch him and hold him was my wife. The first thing I did was run around that motherfucking hospital looking for a tube. Small enough so my son can at least have a fighting chance, right? Guess what? They did not have a tube. I ran around that first, second floor like, can somebody please help me? Guess what every nurse said? Sorry, it's nothing we can do. You even had a nurse or two cry. Because it's nothing they can do. You watching a grown fucking man. Big as shit. Big as shit. Cry, right? Cry. Break down like a fucking kid, man. Like a kid. Just crying. Just trying to find a solution when there's no solution. But you're trying to find one. That's like fucking trying to subtract zero from zero. You get nothing. So, I'm running around this hospital. Trying to find something small enough to fit down his newborn. To give him a fighting chance, right? Couldn't find it. First thing person I call is my grandpa. Who's no longer with us. Who I miss dearly Is shit. Big Al. Miss him a whole lot. Uh, he the first person I called. First thing he said is, son, I'm sorry. Right? I'm sorry. Uh, everybody, and see, this is the thing. My uncle looked forward, was looking forward to meeting my son. Why? Because guess what? It's another generation of me, and it's somebody else, he can be like, hey, I had your daddy around me. You know, I help guide your dad with the man he is. I want to do that with him, with his son, right? So it's like everybody was looking forward, everybody. My mom, her first grandson, she's looking forward to this, like her first grandson. My grandfather looking forward because it's a third generation, right? And if you see all us, you thing think we fucking identical triplets. Me, him, my dad, my kids, my sister, like we're triplets, right? Um... So it's just like everybody had these highest potential. So me calling everybody and I'm saying the same thing is, oh, we're sorry. We're sorry. And I want to say this. I'm not mad at nobody from saying I'm sorry. But this is the thing. When we go through shit and you're hurting, you're looking for someone to give you an answer to make all this make sense. Guess what? Nobody knows the fucking answer. So as you're hurting and, you, and you, you're calling people or you're you, you seeking uh, uh, something, like some type of guidance, no one knows the answer. Only thing someone would tell you is, sorry, hey, I'm sorry for your loss. I don't know what to tell you. I've never been in that position. Guess what? You're still kind of angry because you're like, no one's telling me what the fuck I need to hear to get through this. But you cannot get mad at them why because they're there to comfort you but at the same time like different situation a lot of people never been in your situation so they don't know how you feel but at the time you're not feeling you're like fuck you're not thinking about that you're just like i need a solution to this it's none it's no solution to it so as i'm calling everybody I, i'm i'm sitting outside the fucking uh The room, the door, right? Like my wife literally just had my son like a couple minutes ago. I'm sitting outside the door crying, breaking down, calling my mama, calling my uncle like he ain't going to make it. I don't know what to do. He ain't going to make it. Everybody crying. I hang up telling him I'm going to call him back. Go back in the room. I'm looking at my son. He look exactly Like me. With a full head of hair. Curly hair. Jet black hair. I ain't gonna lie to you. The motherfucker look Indian. (laughs) (laughs) Motherfucker look Indian. I'm sorry. I bet his mom is Bahamian. But. You know. The motherfucker look at. He just had a full head of curly hair. Man. Like. Jet black curly hair. Like. he, he, He had more eyebrows than I ever fucking had. You know. And he. But Man. Something so beautiful, pure. You out in this, in this world, man. And um, it gets around, I think it's 9.30 or something like that. 9.30. And I, my son was born around 8.30-ish, I think. 8.30-ish. And he passed away at 9.30. We We went, the nurse came back in, and she was like... Okay, checking she basically checking to see if he still was alive. So when she came in the room, she was like, Do you guys want to get a picture? Now, a motherfucker asking you, do you want to get a picture? Like, a fucking picture. When you going through the I didn't fuss with her. Whatever. It's just like, yeah, let's get this picture, All right? Notice my son is still alive. I'm still trying to think of what the fuck I can do to save him. So she's taking a picture. My my wife is holding him. Soon as she snap, I I kid you not. Soon as she snapped the picture, you hear him like a soft, like a like a little baby kitten. Like just. My son takes his last breath. You you talk about devastation you talk about devastation right you talk about fuck everything type of mood like you just like fuck this and the first thing we do is when we get put in a situations, situation if your faith ain't strong you lose faith and that's what i did i lost faith i lost faith in god i lost faith i, lo- I lost faith because I'm like, how do you bring something so pure in this world and just give us only an hour with them and take them away? How you do that? How you sit here and make us go through all this and making sure we, we, we went through every appointment. We go through, like we did, every, she made sure she took her vitamins. We made sure everything was perfect. We would have, it was to the point she was willing to risk her own life, which any parent would do for their child. And you give us an hour with him. A fucking hour. Right? So. We. He take his last breath. And like I said. Like I told y'all. I'm going to keep telling y'all this. My biggest regret is not holding my son. Because as my wife is holding him. It still hasn't dawned to her yet. He's gone. So the nurse comes back in for the third time. And she could literally see my son is not alive anymore because guess what he's starting to do change colors um that's how long my wife was holding him in the same spot, like she didn't want to let him go it it really didn't hit, so I'm literally wiping tears away, telling my wife you have to let him go like how the fuck you tell how you tell her that right how you tell your wife you have to let go your child right that you Went through all his wit to make sure he was here, and you don't get out with. But it's time for you to let him go. I, like, understand where where I'm coming from, you How do you do that? Like, how do you mentally? And it's stuff shit you don't even mentally prepare yourself for. It. You can't. It's no Bible. It's no book for dummies on this shit at Barnes and Nobles. It's nothing to help you with this type of shit. It's nothing. So it's like, how do you prepare for this? You go to the Bible. Well, you, you, you talk to grams. Even my grandma understand what a generation where they come from. They lost like six, seven kids. Strongest fucking women I know. I know my I, I could talk too, because guess what? We talking about women that been through it all. And still bounced back and still was able to take care of a house of six kids. Here is me. I have two kids already who I love dearly, two girls, all right? And this is my first time ever dealing with something like this. This shit destroyed me. This shit de- destroyed me. The strongest man in the world, I don't think, is able to deal with that type of hurt, all right? Because who, who who wants to bury their child? Would parent wants to sit there and bury their child. From I don't know about y'all, but I know growing up, especially being born and raised from New Orleans, right? All we all I was taught growing up and told was, I would rather you bury me and than me to bury you. And that's my mom telling me that. She'd rather me bury her than her to bury me. Right? Any any parent that's the worst fear or that's your worst whatever is burying your child. So I'm telling my wife, we have to let him go. She finally lets him go. And it's like once that disconnect happened where the doctor took him from her hand, it hit her like a ton of bricks. I mean, as a as a as a husband, as a confidant, as any everything I have to be in a marriage, or you know, being the husband, I was vulnerable. I don't, I didn't know what the fuck to do. I ain't know how to tell her it's gonna be all right. I wasn't all right. I don't know how to I could hold her and just just still feel empty she can she probably still felt empty because we bust our ass to make sure this child we did everything our power to make sure this child come in this world healthy, so to know that. He had a strong heartbeat, and he was good the whole pregnancy. Come to find out, when they took the placenta out, the placenta at the top right corner had a gray spot, which is, from what the doctors say, is rare. It's super fucking rare, like some one in a million shit, right? But it's just like, come on, man. You ain't trying to hear that. Because you like, man, that fucking one in a million should have skipped us. It, 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 it ain't had to hit us. It should have went somewhere else. That one in a million, th- that shit could have been applied to winning a lotto or something. But not losing my motherfucking son. You know? So I missed me with this one in a million shit. You know? I ain't writing you a one-page letter. This ain't that little type of shit. Like, I... If you gonna say a one in a million chance, that's me winning a lottery, not losing a, ch- a child. So she checks it and and comes back and is like, "Yeah, you had a some a defect, or uh, some not a defect, uh, but something. with a placenta with an infection. What a placenta had a little gray spot at the top, not even, not, not even bigger than a quarter, but it was that one thing caused." Whatever happened for my son to come earlier than expected, right? So we have to still sit there. And this is the thing what fucks you up. When you lose a child and you're sitting at the hospital and you're hearing other babies cry, it fucks you up. It's like a mental jail. It really fucks you up. Because you're hearing the cry, the birth of the Lord gifting someone that he literally just took away from you. So how you not have any type of envy? To, and and that's the thing. I had envy towards everybody, and it's nothing personal, but I had envy towards anybody that had a child from like 2020 to what? 2022? If you had a son, I had envy. Not in any ill will, but it's like how you get to have a son and I can't have a son. How you get to play football and I can't. Why you get to watch games and dress your sons and y'all favorite sports team but my son can't put on a Saints uniform or he can't put on his Saints ones I ain't gonna never get that chance to play catch with him and let him know him come to me about girls I can't do that but you get to do that so I envy towards any and everybody who had a son right I'm no longer like that but I did but you have to understand that you're hearing you're hearing cries and you're hearing, oh, I just had a son, uh, my firstborn son. That was my firstborn son. What makes your a son better than my son? Why the Lord said that you was right for a, ch- a son, but I wasn't. We wasn't. Right? You go through this type of shit in your head because you're trying to find an answer that Once again, people like I tell y'all, you will not find. Only person who can give you that answer, and he's still not going to give it to you, is the Lord himself. Because you have to ask yourself, if he did give us the answer, would you still feel the same way? I would bet on yes. If he was still able to show us what was to come, we will still feel the same way. Now, the only thing I will say is this. We might try to do everything in our power to prevent that leading up to that event but guess what we still can't fucking stop it because it was already written it's a part of your book it's a part of your chapter it's page by page it's part of your book so like most women that go through pregnancy uh and correct me if i'm wrong people uh You have to sit at the hospital for two days. And that's what we did. We sat there for two days. The hardest fucking two days ever. Because when you wake up, you're crying. When you go to sleep, you're crying. It was such an emotional... uh, I don't know how it feels to go to jail. Thank God I learned from other people's situations. But I can tell you I was in jail. I was in prison for two days. Just for two days. A mental prison for two days. My wife was in a mental prison for two days. When she came home, it was a little bit longer than that, but hospital, two days. And um, because, like I said, you hear babies crying, right? You hear people excited. You hear nurses coming in and say, hey, you know, welcome your baby girl, your baby boy. Guess what they're telling us when they come in? How you guys are feeling? How, How are you taking it? I know I'm so sorry. You don't want to fucking hear that shit. You want to know, hey, do you guys want him circumcised? Or you want his this, this? That's what the fuck I want to hear. Now I will tell you, no, leave his dick alone. He ain't cutting nothing off. Leave his dick alone. He going to sling that motherfucker however he you please. He ain't doing shit. You ain't cutting shit off. No foreskin. Me and the wife talked about this. There ain't no cutting no skin off no dick. Leave his dick alone. Uh, so, with that being said, it was Sunday. Right? You you they still give you a birth certificate. But guess what I had to do a couple days later? I had to go pick up a debt certificate. Like really let that register. I still was given a birth certificate. Couple of days later I had to go pick up a debt certificate. And I won't let y'all know, I have yet to look in this purple memorial box they made for my son. I will, I refuse and I probably will never, ever look in that box. I probably will be buried with the box. But, and buried my son because my son is cremated and he sits on the bed between both of us every night on our bed. So, yeah, we had to go pick up a death certificate. And to go pick up a death certificate, I mean, like I said, you know, I, as a parent, that's the hardest fucking thing in the world. I could not stop crying. I could not stop crying. And the first thing I do is what? Like I said, I told you, I lost faith. I get mad at the Lord, like, how the fuck you do this? How the fuck you let this happen to me? What do I ever do? I ain't never betrayed nobody. And anybody, they know that. Trail, so-so, always been who he is. What what T.I. What said, I stand on business, I always stood on business. When it comes to people, and people meeting me or friends or whatever the case, I always stood on business. Now, I can't say they did the same thing, but I know me. I die, I will die being a good friend to you. I will die, because I take that shit serious, of being a... Great husband, or whatever the case may be, I take that shit very seriously. Other people, I can't guarantee you that. I can't tell you that, and we, that's a that's a story for another podcast, which we'll get into at a later time. But anyway, to pick up a death certificate and to see your child only lived an hour, man. Ride right down that motherfucking street, I was like, fuck this. I'd rather end it all right here. I'd rather be with my son, right? But that's, that's when losing my son opened a Pandora box of shit that's, oh, man. That one day, my wife always told me, holding stuff in, it's not good, right? Holding the stuff in wasn't never good for me. But you got to understand how I was brought up, how I was taught. I was raised by a single mother that uh, that did both things was the male and female she could do it's nothing she couldn't do. she could put up a ceiling fan she could put up shit on the wall, but at the same time she could nurture and care for you like a mother. She's giving you the game from a woman's perspective, but she's also giving you the game as of trying to teach you what a male do she, guess what she can't do that. You need a male to tell you the you need a a, a positive male figure to give you the game on how to be a man, right? So, you know, I was, and, and with me having to be the man in the house at an early age, at a young age, and, you know, I was doing shit at five years that none of y'all five years probably will have ever done. And, and there's people that can contest to this. Um, you know, so, it was shit. We was, I was doing it at five, year, five years old, picking up my sister and cooking and doing all this that, even my wife had to ask, like, did Charlie really do that? You know, so so really do this. So the question was, my mom told her, Yes, he 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 did that. So to jump forward, um, you know, it's just like picking up that certificate was the worst thing that happened. So the first thing like I said, the first thing I do is I'm like blaming the Lord, like, this is your fault, this is whatever. And then going into it. Going into it. Like I said, it was a Pandora box for everything. Then a year later, you know, I I lose my sister. To cancer. I don't know if anybody lost somebody to cancer. But I I recently lost my uncle, Thomas. God rest his soul. To cancer. A couple months ago. Uh, But I lost my sister to cancer. She wasn't even 30 years old. I think she was like 27, 26, right? I kind of feel... I I kind of feel like uh guilty in some sense if that makes sense, right? She so couldn't make it to 30. One thing about cancer is cancer don't have an age limit. C- cancer don't give a fuck what color you are. Cancer will it don't it doesn't care. It's a menace. It don't give two fucks. Nothing about it, it it has no regards for human life, cancer, right? so as you know, Lord blesses me to see thirty next year, January 20th uh, it's like a happy yet sad feeling because my sister couldn't see thirty, right She got three beautiful kids, two girls and a boy uh that stays in Florida, Pensacola, Florida, where my other sister Brie she stays. Uh, and guess what? Their dad is fucking amazing. It's amazing. He's doing it by himself. You know, from time to time, we talk, check on them, see what they're doing, and stuff. Only, you know, my thing is, my relationship with my nieces and nephew is not that strong. Something I want to improve on. Something I want to do. Um, you know? But... I can't have a relationship with my nieces and nephews if I'm fucked up, right? Um, So, with that being said, uh, so yeah, I lost my sister to cancer. Um, I lost my sister to cancer. Then right after that, guess what? Remember my grandpa was telling you about who I I, uh, told first about me losing my son at the hospital? Guess what? He passes away. From a heart attack. After, after, check this out. He passed away on a Saturday about I think two in the morning or something like that. Cause I had to go to work the next day um to deliver a load like five in the morning. And my dad called me and said, "Son, you where you at? And I'm like, I'm at home, I'm like, bro, you called me three in the morning. So he was like, I gotta uh he said your grandfather just passed away. I say, What the fuck? What are you talking about, bro? I just talked to him yesterday, Friday, for over two hours. And anybody who know big, who know L, guess what? You, you you're a stallion. That was my superhero. Man, he don't look like he have no fucking health issues, right? And if he did, he wouldn't tell us. My grandpa, he, he wouldn't tell you. He so, you know that. You know how that old school is. You know what your grandma and grandpa they like. Mind your damn business. I'm all right. I'm gonna do what I wanna do. But my grandpa, literally, he was my person who I can lift. That can still go to the gym and lift two twenty five like ten more than ten fucking times. That was my workout part. So to him, I saw Superman. So to be told that your Superman is no longer here, how do you cope with that? That was my therapist. That's I talked about everything. That's the person that was there for my when I was going through what I was going through with my son, right? But you're being told he's no longer here anymore. What? I'm like, I, I first thing I did told my dad get the fuck out of here with this. But I, you know, I, I, later I told him I apologize. But it's like, nah, bro, you you talking like? I'm calling my grandpa's phone. He's not answering. I'm like, grandpa, just pick up, just pick up, just pick up, just pick up. He's not answering. So, it hit me. My mom called. I called my sister and my mama, and they're like, what? Yeah, my grandpa passed. It's like, man, you talk about a hole so big in your chest, you don't know what to do. No, I lost my son. A year later, I lost my sister. Then I lost my grandfather. So this three years so far, where well, I didn't lost three very important people in my life. I mean huge people in my life, right? But I will say this. I'm so thankful for my grandfather because as I went to New Orleans for his funeral, the pastor spoke so highly of him, bro. So highly of him. He was just a people person, very just helpful. He did what he did for his community and his church. Uh, and it's just to see so many people that did love him, you know what I'm saying? So many people that loved him and, and, and felt the same way we felt, that everybody felt, uh, and only had good things to speak about him. And one thing they know about OGL, OGL kept it 100. He ain't give a fuck about no feelings. It ain't mean he ain't had love for you, he ain't love you. OGL was OGL. All right. The hardest thing I had to do was put my grandpa in the hearse with carrying his body. I couldn't even view the body. I couldn't even view him. I probably looked up probably like two times. I cried, hit the ground. Pops then picked me up, you know, and I spoke at my grandpa's funeral, you know, which surprised a lot of people. But I spoke and I spoke the truth. I spoke positive things. Uh so it's just like, man, I dealing with those three. And then I just hit, I just went fucking downhill. It's just like, and so it's just like, I just went downhill and it's like, what the fuck do I do? I started going to therapy. I started just doing a whole bunch of stuff, man. But therapy, we have this stigma about therapy. Like therapy is not, it doesn't. Oh, you go and talk to somebody That person don't know you I recommend therapy to everybody I repeat I recommend therapy To everybody It is not just no fucking cash grab Whoever told you that is bullshit And that's why I'm saying and it's, Even in black community, We have to change the narrative In all communities Fuck not just black Just all period Stop putting the stigma of therapy like it's so bad but guess what when we get hit with covid when we get hit with covid uh when we get hit with covid guess what you have to look at yourself in the mirror and notice like god damn i'm fucked up i got a lot of shit i gotta deal with guess what therapy helps but if you can pay for it I will say in, if you can afford it, right? Man, that's why I'm here. I'm not claiming to be no fucking therapist. I'm not, I didn't go to school for that. You know, I played football with my life, but I'm no therapist, but that's what the So-So Les Vent Podcast is here for. Uh, that's what the So-So Vent Podcast is here for. I mean, We here to fucking vent about any and everything, any and everything. Get that shit off your chest. Don't hold that. Do not hold that. Because guess what? You're going to be just like me. It gets you nowhere. And then guess what? Um, I wanted to commit suicide. I was like, fuck this shit. For y'all who don't know. For any friends, family that going to hear this. Or the people that already know. Yeah, I want to commit suicide. I want to be done with this shit. I ain't want to fucking be here. I lost my child. I lost my sister. I lost my grandpa. Right? Not knowing that I have a loving wife. Two beautiful girls at home. I wasn't I was in that dark place. I didn't care. I wanted to get rid of the pain. Why? Because I never dealt with pain like this. So I felt like the easy way to get rid of it was to what? Commit suicide. That is not the, that is not the answer. That is not the answer. Because guess what? When you're in that dark place. You have to pull yourself out and just know that There's people out here that fucking truly, truly loves you and adore you, that love your whack ass jokes, corny ass lines, even if you got a crazy ass laugh, like someone I know. You know. You gotta like it's people out here that truly, truly love that shit. Uh so it's just like so it's just like, you know. Don't do it. It's not worth it. You got to be a brave, brave motherfucker to go through something like that. right? But also, it's a selfish act. Because you're being selfish. You're only thinking about your feelings. It's not about your just your feelings. Your, when you do or act like such is think about commensals or actually go through it, Think about the the impact of the people you hurt behind. Because all they could do, if they real if they genuine people, they will it's it's people that really will try to help you to make you be at a better place. You know what I'm saying? So I applaud people that can dig their way out of that. It's not easy. You you, you'll have your times where you relapse. I have my times where I relapse, but guess what? I have a strong support system. I created this to talk to y'all crazy asses. Because this is what therapeutic for me. And I'm here to tell you if I can get through it, you can fucking get through it. No matter who you are. You can get through it. Any circumstance, any situation. You can get through it. You just got to be determined. You got to be love who you are. You got to love those that surround you. And guess what? Love those who love you. Stop giving a fuck about, oh, I don't talk to this person. I... Love those who love you. And you know what I'm talking about. Love those who love you. I'm going to say it one more time. Love those who love you and show you that love back. Yeah, you really have to, like, you know what I'm saying? Start how I heal You had to start loving yourself. I had to start loving myself, right? And that's why I told you all love those who love you, too. Because I had to, the people that were showing me love helped. And like I said, love yourself. You have to know yourself and love yourself before you can accept any type of healing. Um, I repaired my relationship with God, right? I went from blaming Him to knowing that I need Him. Regardless of how I'm feeling, he never left me. Even when I was blaming him and and, and placing blame on him. He, he was he did not leave me. He did not leave me. And uh I made sure I repaired that relationship with him. And I started venting. I started venting. I started talking about how I feel. I started, if I had to cry for fucking two minutes or something, let me get it out, cry. You know what I'm saying? Therapy helped too. I had to walk that walk. Talk that talk. You know what I'm saying? Like. And that's why I'm here and telling y'all. That's why we I created this platform, bro. Use this shit. I started venting. That's why it's called So So Let's Vent. I started venting. Vent. Use the platform, people. Use it. Do you got at some point you gotta get sick or tired of People just telling you what the fuck you want to hear. Oh, bro, you should do... This. No! Vent. Use the platform, right? I'm going to make sure I put that in there for y'all too, man. I have the email, so so let's vent at gmail.com. So, how are you feeling. If you feel like people don't understand, email me. So next show, we can sit here and we can vent. It will be a segment called Let's Vent. Uh, get shit off your chest or whatever, whatever the case may be. Stay tuned. Um, uh, but yeah, it's so so let's vent at gmail dot com. What we gonna discuss? You don't have to say your name. You don't have to use your name. You can email me. Of course, I'm gonna see your name or whatever you email, but I'm not gonna say your name on here. You don't have your name. Don't have to be said. But we gonna discuss it on how to help you. Do not keep this shit in. Because guess what? It will kill you. And people, before we get out here, I just want to tell y'all, man, uh, like I said, I'm going to keep saying this. I hope you heal from the shit you don't talk about. But we're going to end this on this note, uh, with a prayer. So, I'll ask y'all, if you at home, or wherever you listening in your car, you know, don't close both of y'all, because we don't need, we don't need them type of accidents. But, uh, you, <laughs> you get the picture. Uh, All right, here we go. Uh, Father, Lord, we come to you in prayer for that you continue to watch over us and that you watch over friends and family, that you help protect them, Lord, for any insecurities, for for any decisiveness of not knowing who they are, that you give them the strength, Lord, to walk this world every single day to make them a better person, to make those around them better people, to help them to make better decisions in life, Lord, that you always put positive people in a way to give them encouragement and, and and just give them the push that they need. Lord, we ask that you continue to watch over your children in this world we live in today, that you continue to guide us and protect us and and just give us an abundance of love and whatever someone needs, Uh, you know, they find a better job or they... They, you give them the push to start their career to be an entrepreneur. Lord, we we come to you because we all you all we need. You give us the strength. You give us the power. And we give all glory to you, God. And in that we're out. People. In Jesus' name. Amen. So so, Lesbian Podcast, people. Holler at your boy. Peace.